Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Hi, and welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness. Keith and I are so excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be back from sunny Hawaii and just so excited to connect with Keith and with you guys and, and hear what brilliance he has to bring to you tonight. Um, I'm going to give you right off the bat here the call-in number, if you'd like to call in, is 914-338-0905, and we'd love to hear from you, any mindfulness questions, any coaching questions, anything you need some support on, Keith's here for you, and uh, yeah, Keith, how are you doing there? I'm doing great, Krista, I'm so glad you're back on the show this week with us, and uh, man, you're a jet setter, you're in Hawaii. I, I'm so intrigued to hear about how your trip was. Well, it was it was amazing. I mean, it actually rained half of my trip, and even that was amazing and beautiful. And opportunity to check some new things out. And I was just I was telling you a little bit about there's just so much great energy in Hawaii, and and the rain sort of gave us opportunity to tour to some new places we hadn't checked out. And and um, yeah, just uh, you know, traveling really reminds me of just how big the world is and how much there is out there to see and do and feel and it's really motivating and inspiring I find yeah I can hear just in the tone of your voice that you've been to Hawaii just in terms of your there's like an <laughs> openness to you and a, just a, an opening from that energy there and um, what was what were some of the big discoveries since it was raining half the time that you probably wouldn't have done but ended up doing well, it, um, it changed our way of traveling a little bit in that we, it sort of forced us into a new way, which was just rolling with things. And although we do that to some degree anyways, but, you know, we, we were actually sort of beach chasing. We'd, if it started raining, we'd move to another one. And, and it was so cool to feel the different beaches and check out the different energy. And, and uh, it was a great opportunity to try new things and, my favorite part, though, Keith, was you had told me about the blowhole, and you could probably say the name well because you're so great with your your languaging, Naliakal or something like that. How do you say that area, Keith? Yeah, that's that's close enough. It's, uh, that, <laughs> I, I actually don't know if I can say it properly either, <laughs> but it's the, the Nakialia blowhole. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. my Hawaiian for you. Yeah, and yeah. and I couldn't believe the amount of um, it was like you were in a different world there. Like Jared, Jared, my husband was saying, doesn't it feel like there should be a castle on that cliff? And, and I have no doubt there's, there's so many spirits there. Um, and if you go and if you've been, you know what I'm talking about. We were walking through this one beautiful rocky area. And I said, don't you just feel like people are watching us right now? And, and not in a scary way whatsoever, just a beautifully, held just a just a deep deep way um yeah so it's so inspiring and and beautiful that was my favorite though was uh that area the blowhole yeah it's incredible for for those of you listening that aren't familiar it's this beautiful um scene right by the ocean and the, the the ocean waves come in and they crash up against the shore and and actually go underneath a rock surface and shoot up into the sky through this 
naturally formed hole, and it almost looks like the top of a whale just um, uh, blowing air out or whatever, and, and the water shoots up, and it's just magical, surrounded by rocks, and you're just taking me there as you talk about it, Krista, and um, I love I love that you felt the spirit in that area. I'm reminded of um, the aloha spirit, they call it in Hawaii, that the love is basically aloha, the love is to be happy with, and the, the aloha spirit, um, ha, the word ha and aloha, stands for breath. Breath in Hawaii is ha. And the word aloha has a number of meanings, but one of the ones that I love is just um, exchanging the sacred breath together. And through this place of exchanging breath and, and sharing the space, we're brought together in union, harmony, love. So it's such a beautiful greeting that... I love it because it's it's even on the physical level of the breath that we we greet each other that way and um, the aloha spirit you know on the the deeper realm for those of you that have been reading the the new book I put out I speak about the higher self part of us that's connected to everything and really is timeless it doesn't have linear time it's the spirit part of who we are um, we can't really name it because as soon as we do it becomes sort of a temporary physical human concept but the, the the as best you can this place that connects everything and everyone and soul together it's, you know and in a place like that blowhole that you're in I just I'm so beautifully intrigued by the fact that you felt uh, the spirit of of Aloha there and and that oneness and that higher self energy and you were beach chasing at the same time this sounds like an amazing week <laughs> it's like blown away that's great yeah it was a real gift it was a gift. I'm, I'm curious, actually, there's something that I kept wondering while I was there, Keith, and, and I, I suspect our listeners may have the same curiosity. Um, you're really, really good at understanding and knowing a lot of, of the, the deep tradition and the Hawaiian um, uh, heritage. What, where did you learn that? Did you learn that on your own or did you take courses in Hawaii? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Well, my training comes from a lineage um, called Aloha International, and it was um, originally started by a, a guy from Hawaii named Serge King. And Serge was adopted into a, a Hawaiian family. He actually was from the mainland, and he's still living. But he's one of the, um, the I guess, older teachers of this, this lineage of kahuna wisdom. And it, it goes back quite a ways for me. I've been studying uh, Hawaiian healing systems and, and the lineage for probably the last 15 years and I actually stumbled across it ironically I was going through a really hard breakup 15 years ago with this girl that I think she was the first love of my life and she told me I, I don't want to be with you and you're not the guy for me and my heart was broken and so I went and saw this woman who was a medical intuitive and for those of you listening that aren't aware it's um it's an amazing skill set. This woman was able to literally, without me even speaking, just scan what she calls your auras or chakras and give me feedback on what she was intuitively picking up. And so she did this reading on me. It took about an hour, an hour and a half. And she could tell I was going through heartbreak and she was channeling in all these different energies and spirits. And at the end, my mind was blown because I'd never experienced anything like this. And she said a lot came up in the session and there's a, a woman here in, in Winnipeg where I'm living that um, does energy work and she's been studying in Hawaii and she's just an amazing healer and you might want to go see her because, you know, a lot has come up and, and 
this might be a good chance for you to clear some of those energies. And I was so like green to this. I had no idea what this all meant, but I was so intrigued. It was like this, this part of me that's always been open to just exploring possibilities. So I immediately called this woman, Catherine, and um, went over to her place and had what she called an energy work session. And it's funny because I had a, an email from one of our callers earlier this week asking about energy work. And at the time I was in the same boat, I had no idea what energy work meant. And I literally went to, to Catherine's place and um, she brought out this healing table and I laid down and she said, just close your eyes and breathe and relax. And about 45 minutes later, I came out of what was like the deepest trance state of my life. And I felt like something completely shifted, but I couldn't name it. And I was, it was like, this weight had lifted off of me and I found myself in tears and I, I said like, what happened? And she said, well, it's the, the healing energies. And I said, do you teach this stuff? Because I am blown away. And she said, yeah, let me get your name and number and I'll let you know when I'm teaching. And two years went by and I hadn't heard from her and I totally forgot about it. And in that span of the two years, I had actually um, come across Wayne Dyer, who a lot of you know is one of my mentors, and ended up going to Hawaii just ironically and studying from him and learning some of the Hawaiian culture, but also just the um, the mindfulness work. So two years go by. I've been to Hawaii, hung out with Wayne Dyer, and out of the blue, I get a call from this in Winnipeg, in my hometown, Catherine, and she says, the class has started on this day, and we'll see you there. And it was like, not an option. It was just like, you're in. So I um, started training with her, and this was, would have probably been about 12 years ago now. And um, the lineage that she, she teaches is uh, a tradition called Hunakane. And the Hunakane tradition, it goes way back. It's um, all based in aloha, and it's really about connecting and aligning ourselves, the three parts of ourself, our mind, our body, and our spirit, our higher self, together, bringing them together in union, and learning how to navigate in the world with this beautiful lineage that was really founded back in ancient Hawaii. And it's, um, it's such an amazing, I could go on and on about this, it was a deep question and answer, but there's just so much to the Hawaiian way of, of studying this kind of work because it's not just mind work it's physical we um over the years i've learned how to hula dance and how to chant and been learning some of the language and there's just so many different layers of awareness when it comes to hawaiian culture um so over time i've studied and now have become an apprentice of, of Catherine, who comes from the lineage of serge king and um all i can say is i mean it's just a continual awareness and growth and learning and it's, uh, I'm just in awe of the kahunas of Hawaii that have really mastered the art of really self, um, self-awareness and connection. So that's a long answer, I guess, but it's, it was quite a, a deep journey into it. So it, it's definitely contributed to a lot of my, my work in the world, for sure. Yeah, well, it's fascinating, Keith. And I think because a lot of people that do this type of work, your type of work, you know, it can be a little daunting and overwhelming to people of, oh, how do I get the knowledge that they have and where do I start? And it's really, I know for me as well, it's inspiring to hear these stories where, you know, it's it's um, just step by step and, you know, you keep one path shows up and then another does. And so I love hearing that story. Fascinating. Oh, thank you. 
as you're saying that, I'm also thinking too about, I mean, it can be very daunting or kind of like, how do I get into this type of energy work? I mean, and it's such a common thing because we live in a world that's been conditioned to believe that um, it's almost like a, the level of reality where everything is separate. So we, we forgot in a way that actually we are all connected by what I would, cons- I would call spirit, whatever that is, that ethereal place. And to live in a world that's separate going, you know, um, you're you and I'm me. And, you know, there's, I live in my house, you live in yours, and we don't completely connect. Um, that conditioning has really uh, disjointed us from what our true essence is. But if you really consider and take a moment to just pause and realize that the outside world is really an illusion in a sense, in the sense that, you know, it's, it's almost like it's looking out at a mirror, but that mirror has been created that's looking back at you from what your beliefs were internally. And so this whole piece about energy work is really what I would say is an inner practice. It's, it's learning how to pause and go within ourselves and connect back to our true essence. And that essence of who we really are is this place of, of spirit, of peace, of aloha, of love, of joy, and connect into that place of learning how to listen to our intuition. You know, I every day send out a positive quote in the morning, and a lot of times it's, it's along the lines of pause and go in and listen to your intuition today because that's really where this journey starts is allowing ourselves to be open enough to listening to the inner cues. And sometimes those cues will present themselves in the outside world where we'll run across somebody like I did with Catherine or you'll be at the blowhole and the spirits will be talking. And we're so conditioned to just shut that off right away and just go, no, that's, I'm crazy, I'm cuckoo. But if you just pause in that moment and listen and get that sense of like intuition, you know, every single moment is, has something to speak to you. And it's this practice of being open, staying open to what's showing up and, it's kind of this dance between the inner and the outer worlds. It's, um, <laughs> you've got me in this whole uh, mode of just being in awe of it all right now, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it, you're, it's so true. I can't even um, explain how much it keeps coming back to staying open because it's all right there. It's, it's just a matter of being open to it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm open tonight especially because just before we got live on the air here, we were talking, and, you know, every week we come up with a, a theme that kind of, again, is very intuitive. And um, just before the show, I, I just got this intuition, like the show should be about being open. And so I sent that to you. And then you said, Chris, you were like, um, this is so perfectly on time for me. And I I just am so open to hearing how being open is resonating for you right now in your life. Well, it, it, it keeps showing up in everything that, that I'm coming across and that I'm, I'm up to. Um, it's, I was telling you, I've actually been looking at getting a tattoo of it just open, just to, because when I keep, the more I keep remembering to, to just be open and, and be in the flow and be in the love, um, beautiful things are showing up. And a funny thing happened in Hawaii, actually, we... I can't even, it doesn't even make sense how um, I figured it out, but a a friend of ours who we'd done a course with lived there and we were chatting with him whether or not we were going to connect. And then 
turned out he was going to this other course. And he said the name of the, the teacher and I thought, hmm, that's familiar, interesting. And then I just got this, this feeling We'd had this really amazing coach, um, my husband and I, that did some amazing work with us a few years ago. And I just got this feeling, I bet you he's here. And, and so we text him and sure enough, I, I, at first I thought, there's no way I'd just seen on social media, he'd been on a camel. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way he could be in Hawaii. It doesn't make any sense. And sure enough, he was, and we got to connect with him and hadn't seen him in a, in, um, a couple of years. So you know, and that was just because we were being open and, and seeing what showed up. Um, but I'm really reading a really amazing book right now. And uh, I just looked through because there's all these great quotes about being open. And um, the one, I'm going to read you this one line that I'd highlighted. It's, it says, if you are waiting for anything in order to live and love without holding back, then you suffer. Every moment is the most important moment of your life. No future time is better than now to let down your guard and love. And that's just beautiful. And it's everything in this book is about staying open to love. So, so yeah, just, just more connection. What's the book? (laughs) Who wrote this book? It sounds amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. Um, It's David Dida and it's called Blue Truth. Very simple, easy, blue truth. Blue truth. It's a, yeah, it's a really simple, easy read. But it's all about it's all about staying open. Truth, truly, the whole book is is about staying open. So, of course, wow. this show is about staying open. I love that. The thing, you know, I'm thinking of the word synchronicity. How everything yeah. is just perfectly on time when we're when we're giving ourselves permission to stay open and not disconnect from what's here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. That quote was beautiful. I, as you were reading it, I'm sitting here in my brand new house that I just moved into this weekend, and oh, in the backyard of my house, there's like um, it's almost like my own little private park. I feel so blessed. It's just all these trees that are still in the very early spring, so they haven't started blooming yet, but I'm looking at this one tree for the first time as you're speaking, and it's actually the roots is one, but then it um, splits open into actually two huge trees. And oh. I'm just thinking about how symbolic that is around, and it's branches spreading. And just the, the practice of we're all connected at the roots, but then when we stay open, um, those roots journey off into all these directions of expression of the roots. And it's just so beautiful to think about when we're really in our authentic truth in this present moment and being open, we are guided intuitively to, to express and to expand and to, to not hold back like your quote was suggesting. I just think that's so amazing to, to remind ourselves to live that way and to, to practice being open to the wonderful synchronicities that, that are taking place. I mean, yeah. nature is doing it in my backyard right now. So I'm, <laughs> it's just so cool to think that this is, part of who we are it's it's not it's not disconnected we're actually so connected mm-hmm. wow you're, you're inspiring me tonight with all your hawaiian <laughs> wisdom over there it's great it's great yeah i i wonder and keith what's your um experience of why do we close what's what's your experience on that i know that's a big question but 
Do you have a why do we in- grow or why do we close? <laughs> why do we close? Like C L O S E. Yeah, that's right. Why do we close why do we off? Close? And, okay. And, yeah, and not stay open. <laughs> Big question. Yeah. Well, great question. I was the first thing that pops up instantly for me is fear. It's fear. It's um. Mm-hmm. The story of the saboteur, I wrote about this in the book, the, the part of us that comes up that um, is false evidence appearing real. Um, you know, since we're going so deeply into the spirituality side of things tonight in our talk, I, you know, I, I like to consider this idea that we've come from this place of, of nowhere. And, and you can try to name where you came from, but I mean after after or before your parents got together and stuff happened before that i'm talking we can't name where we came from but we know it's a place of nowhere it's not a physical place it's um it's a serial so to speak and all of a sudden you know your parents get together we'll skip the details but then boom you're all of a sudden now here and it's the same word nowhere and you just split it in half now here and mm-hmm. we're here for, a, you know, a temporary period of time, and we're living our lives. And in that moment that we realize that we're now here, I believe that for that short temporary period of time that we're here on the planet, we take on a uh, part of us, and we need to, that believes that we are um, separate. All things are separate. And, you know, separation is a very useful illusion because if we didn't have separation we'd literally be morphing into each other you know it's good to go you're you're in that body i'm in this body but to an extreme a lot of us become where it ends up becoming this place of almost ego where we're uh, some people would say ego stands for edging god out you know edging out that ethereal part and so too caught up in the separation we move into fear mode and then we move into this place of um, judgment and worrying about the opinion of others and this place of uh, I've got to protect all my stuff and I've got to get as much as I can and my appearance is based on how I look and my worth is judged on what I do. And, you know, we spend a lot of our lives, a lot of us, in this, this illusion of separation. And the mind thoughts take over and the sabotaging thought of, you know, I've got to protect everything and I'm separate from. And in some ways you are separate from. But at the end of all of this temporariness of our life in the now here, where do we go? We end up going back into this place of nowhere. And mm. that place of nowhere, that ethereal place of spirit, you might call it, where it's not a physical form. It's the force that's behind the blinking of your eyes right now. It's that part of you that is making sure that your breath is coming in and going out behind the breath, the heart still beating. It's the, it's the force, the life force that's making sure that the trees in my backyard are going to bloom. And it's, it, that's in, in essence, as best as I can describe it, who we truly are is that form. And so why do we close off? Well, I think it's very natural in some ways for us to experience this now here as sometimes fear-based where it's like, I've got to protect everything, and I've got to, what if, what if, and I shouldn't have, and I should have, and, you know, but if you notice, fear is always a story. It's a story of the past or a story of the future in your mind. But when you're really rooted 
literally like the tree in my backyard. When you're really rooted in the here and now, you cannot be in fear mode. Like when your mind is just focused here and your body's with it and it's just here now, if you really get into that sense, you almost get it, you can almost sense, it's like a breath away from being spirit. And you get a little glimpse, or at least I find, I get a little glimpse of that ethereal part of who I am. And I find that that is so powerful because when I get caught up and I'm not going to lie today, I, I, it was a crazy day today. I moving into this new house and tons going on and I could feel myself getting into this fear mode of, Oh, I'm not going to get it all done. And there's so much to do. And what if I can't pay the bills in this new house? And, and all of a sudden it was like, hang on a minute, I'm in fear mode. But if I come back and I'm closing off because I'm in fear mode, but as soon as I come back into the now, I take a breath and I realize, no, my inherent nature is a place of nowhere. It's, um, there's a freedom. It's uh, St. Francis would say that's dying while you're alive, you know, letting go of the physical attachment and allowing yourself to be here in the flow, in the openness. But why we close off? I think it's essentially fear. It's false yeah. evidence appearing real in the mind going, this mm-hmm. temporary state is permanent, and I somehow have to control it all. And, well, I can tell you how many times I've sat with coaching clients, and I'm sure you have too, and it's there's the fear, the illusion of fear that's blocking us from staying open. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Of, of course that's what it is. It's, um, and it's, it's the voice in our head that's not real. It's not even us. It's yeah. Here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. My, my voice in the, my head today, I'll tell a short story, was go on fire. Um, on the weekend, I was booked to play at a, a wedding, and I was playing music at this wedding. And in the middle of one of the songs, this guy walks up to me, and I'm trying to play, but he's talking in my ear. And he gave mm-hmm. me his card, and he said, you are the perfect um, look that we're looking for for a movie we're shooting in town and I need you to come to the audition and I was like okay speaking about staying open uh, my that voice in my head came up and went you don't know how to act you don't have any experience being on film when it, but for some reason I was so intrigued so I I emailed him back and sure enough got uh, he responded right away and said yes the auditions are on Monday we're going to book you a spot learn the lines well, all weekend, my saboteur was so loud. It was like the, the voice in my head, so to speak. And it was just like, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. To the point where I literally even had an email composed saying, thanks, but no thanks. I think this is maybe not the best idea. And I literally had to drag myself out of the house today to go to this audition. And um, I don't know, there was just something about it. So I, I went and but you know, I think so often we, we close ourselves up out of fear of saying we shouldn't or we can't or we're not good enough. And I was right up at the edge of that today. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I pushed through and, and decided to just go and made it really a practice of thank you voice in my head. But my intuition saying, just go, just go have fun. And what's the worst case scenario? So you, you don't get to be Tom Cruise in the movie or whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so... I'm so impressed with you between moving, playing a wedding, and you still went to a <laughs> an audition this morning. You're, you're, My first um, audition. Yeah. What you can take on in your world, Keith, is amazing. Good work. 
Well, I'm excited yeah. to see where well, it goes because I would love to see you add. You have so many things in your in your bucket that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> if you add acting in now, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I, I mean, I have no idea what'll come of it. It was um, it was quite a terrifying experience. There was a camera rolling, and I had to be honest, it couldn't my my the my voice in my head would not let me memorize the lines. I just couldn't do it. So I walked in there already feeling like the voice in my head was saying, "You're such a failure." I walked in, and I'm like, I brought the script, and I'm gonna have to read it in front of this camera. And the um, and even to top it off, the the part of the script that I been reading and practicing wasn't even the part they wanted me to read so I even got the wrong part to read today so it's just uh you know the voice in my head said you you completely failed and flopped but there was a part of me that said do it anyway just why not when when does somebody walk up and ask you to audition for a movie so why not you know and I would encourage all our listeners tonight too like be open when the opportunities come and you're the in part of you the intuition part of you says yes like there's going to be resistance, but jump in. You have nothing to lose. And if you fail, it just produces a, a result, like a good story for a radio show, you know? <laughs> so. I love it. Um, it's funny because in front of me is, is this book. And the quote that's in front of me that I have highlighted is, um, is sorry, my son just came in from playing outside and doesn't understand that I'm busy. I'm on a radio show, son. <laughs> I'm on a radio <laughs> show, great. for goodness sake. Not just a phone call. <laughs> oh, right. my goodness. Working from home. <laughs> um, son, do you anyways. understand? We have 2,000 <laughs> listeners on the line here. <laughs> That's wonderful. Has to be. Anyways, the closest in my face right now, funny enough, is two things I'm going to say. The first one is when you don't add fear to love's force, your life unfolds unimpeded. And that's what you did. And, and not to say who knows where it's going to go, but you did it and you have a great story and a great experience to tell. And, and then the next one I have highlighted is your true destiny unfolds freely when you live every moment open and shine as an offering of love. And you did that today. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love no, that. You're full of quotes tonight, too. I, I know. This is, this, I get to go away on vacation and read. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's funny how they great. keep lining up. Oh, beautifully. Um, okay, well, yeah. we, we'll stay continued to see where this movie career goes, Keith. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll have, really. a, we'll have a red carpet screening. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, anyway, we have, we have some emails for, from some listeners. Are you ready to take a question oh, there? Absolutely. I, I'm so grateful that people tune in every week and, um, you know, send in their questions. And those of you that call in very timidly, um, so grateful <laughs> for that, too. And it's, uh, this is really one of my favorite hours of the week that we get to just pause and talk about mindfulness and connect. So. Yeah, I, uh, I love answering your email questions. Yeah, it's great. I love hearing your answers. I will give the number one more time because we have a little bit more time if you wanted to call in. Um, 914-338-0905. Um, until then, so let's see. 
Um, Adam. Adam has a question. I was at one of your speaking events last week, and you were talking about the orange analogy. Can you explain that to me again? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, the orange analogy. Um, that was inspired by somebody I mentioned earlier on the show, Wayne Dyer, who uh, used to talk about this place of what we believe about ourselves. And um, I, I was sharing that story, Adam, last week in the context of a challenge that I put out to all of you at the event. Um, I was talking about a way that we can practice exposing that voice in our head um, that Chris and I have been talking about on the show tonight, actually, speaking about how everything's synchronistic. <laughs> and I give a challenge, and I'm, I will give it to the listeners tonight, too, or a reminder to those of you that have been to my talks. One of the best ways we can expose that self-sabotaging voice in our head is uh, actually after we've used the washroom and we're washing our hands and you look up and staring you smack in the face is one of the best tools you have available and that is the mirror and I don't know about you but so many of us when we hear the word mirror just the word or the thought of looking at ourselves in the mirror some of us cringe up or start moving into self-sabotage you know but so often we look in the mirror and we we just find ourselves trying to perfect ourselves and telling us ourselves things like internally, that voice saying things like, ah, oh, you got to get to the gym or, you know, oh, look at that blemish coming in on your face or bad hair day. And so my challenge was to, to get in front of a mirror and to look at yourself and to get past that layer of self-sabotage that comes up and to truly see what's staring you back at in the face and to, to even say or think out loud a thought like, I love you, or you're enough, or if you're not there yet, to, I want to love you. I want to learn how to love you, or you're doing a good job today. And to face yourself in the mirror and to start moving into that place of, of self-love is a way to reprogram yourself back into that original state that you came into this world in, that place of nowhere, of aloha, of love. And so in the, the orange analogy was inspired by Wayne Dyer. He, he used to talk about it in the sense of if I had an orange in front of you and I were to squeeze that orange, what would come out? And, you know, you'd probably think juice. And I'd ask you what kind of juice would come out, you know? Would it be grapefruit juice, cranberry juice? No, if I squeeze that orange, it would be orange juice. And... I turned it around and I, I asked the audience, I said, well, if I were to squeeze you right now on a belief level, on an emotional level, what might come out? And, um, you know, if you think about it, really, what are the beliefs that are, are programmed into you that come up when you stand in front of a mirror? Um, are they beliefs like, oh, I need to do more, I'm not doing enough in my life, and I'm lazy and should be accomplishing more? You know, does a belief sit in you that, as you look at yourself in the mirror, do you think things like, oh my gosh, you're just, you're never going to live the life of your dreams or, you know, you need to be better at what you're doing or on and on. Those beliefs that are in there, you know, Wayne used to ask the question, like, how did those beliefs get in there? And, you know, if you really sit with that, how did you get, take on this belief that somehow you're not good enough or you're not deserving or you're alone? And, you know, if you think about it, it all started as a thought form in your mind. It all started as a thought form that you had to make a decision about. And, you know, maybe somebody at some point back in your history said, I don't like that sweater, you're ugly that you're wearing. 
And then all of a sudden the thought form went, yeah, maybe I am ugly. And then you get in front of the mirror and it's like, oh, you are ugly. And all of a sudden that voice, that self-sabotaging voice, takes on the persona of like, yeah, don't ever wear that sweater again. You're so ugly. And it becomes like program juice in us. So what I was um, suggesting, Adam, at the talk was that we start reprogramming the, the beliefs within us by literally, like if we were to squeeze ourselves like oranges, allowing the beliefs, like the, the right kind of juice that we want to believe to squeeze out, you know, um, thoughts like I am loving, I'm enough, I'm deserving, I forgive you, I'm full of joy, um, you're my best friend. You know, and as much as that might sound like a bad SNL skit of Stuart Smalley from the 80s, underneath that layer, to actually start loving on yourself at that degree is transformative, not only for you, but for everyone around you. I mean, you have this opportunity to not only raise your vibrational level in the world, but to literally ripple out to other people and remind them that they're enough and that they're worthy already and that they're lovable. But it all starts with inner belief about ourselves. So maybe squeeze yourself and see what, what kind of beliefs come out as you do that. <laughs> that's what uh, that was all about. So that's, I'm so glad you, you wrote in and asked about that. And hopefully that gives you a little clarity. And I just, I love this, this radio show concept because the great thing is if you're listening live, you can always go back and listen to the archives editions of the show. And, you know, we keep them all available on my website so you can go back and find a theme that speaks to you. And, and um, it's always good to, to listen back and hear some of these messages repetitively to, again, program yourself to a place of remembering how you want it to be in your life. So, Yeah. Love it. I've I've wondered that for a long time. I love that analogy, Keith. Um, I think we have time for another email. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's just see here. Here's a fun one. It's spring. I feel like this is a good one. Heather is asking, I am wanting to bring more exercise into my life, but having a tough time maintaining a solid and consistent routine. Do you have any suggestions on how to make this happen? Oh, that's a great question, Heather. And I just, I'm getting an intuition here that Krista might be better to answer this question. Because Krista, maybe I'm wrong, but if I recall, you're a co-owner or an owner of a fitness gym. Is that right? Or? No, 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 not. An, I worked at one for a really long time. Um, I had a, my husband was a trainer there and I had a massage business at a, personal training gym, but so spent a lot of time in, okay. the, in, the, in the fitness world, I guess we could call it in a sense, um, and struggled in for many years of a routine. And, you know, I've done lots of different sports and lots of different things, but sticking to something that really works for me has been the battle. And then holding, you know, work, business, kids into that, it, it has been a real challenge in my experience to have um, a good routine. But I'm, what, what comes up for me in this question, Keith, is, is when I let go of the shoulds and started, started doing what felt good and what felt right and what I enjoyed doing and I knew was good for my body, 
it, it really hasn't been difficult to keep fitness and a routine in my life because instead of from a guilt and a should place of, of getting my workouts in, which was a lot of years, um, it comes from a nurturing, feed me, want to do it place now. What's your feedback on that, Keith? I love it. Well, it's similar. As I heard you answer that, one thing I was reminded of was also, you know, a lot of times we go into workout routines or those kind of physical exercises with the mentality of, oh, this is going to be so hard, or just the, the story or the thought form of, like, I'm never going to be able to keep this up, or I'm not good enough, so I, I, why even bother? And as I was hearing you answer that, I was thinking about also – is there a way to make your routine more playful? Like to actually bring it into a place of this is going to be fun, you know, um, as opposed to just a, a repetitive workout that you do over and over. Because if you go in with the mentality that you're going to be working out and it's, oh, it's going to be so hard and, oh, when's this going to be done and I'm on a countdown, well, who would want to actually even do that? <laughs> like I don't blame your body for not wanting to work out. But to, to move into a state of finding an exercise workout that actually could bring you um, a sense of pleasure or play or fun. Um, I know for me, one thing that I found to keep consistent was a swimming routine where instead of trying to like work out my body and um, the intention, instead of it being like, I need to get in shape and get super buff and look great. My intention was, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this swimming like it's just a chance for me to literally let the, the spirit moved my body. And for me, I found so much pleasure in letting go of the expectation of trying to be better or get somewhere. And it was like I started instead paying attention to the rhythm of my breath and how every time I would do a front crawl stroke, like I was tuning into the force behind my arms moving. And there was something just fascinating about just getting into the rhythm of connecting to the life force behind my physical body. Now, for me, I was able to frame that in my head as something very pleasurable, almost meditative, and it, it relaxed me. And I was like, oh, I actually want to go work out because I find it really relaxing to, to clear my head and to just connect back to my essence, you know. But if you can find a way to, like, bring pleasure in and, and repetition through oh, this is going to be fun. And you, you even just convince it in the feeling center of your body, this is going to be fun to work out. And it's um, finding an angle that can be pleasurable. I found that has really helped me. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert or a fitness trainer, but I found that it's, it's helped me want to go for jogs or want to swim. It's just trying to find an angle that, that makes it really fun because our unconscious yeah. mind loves play. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, Keith. And, and what I hear in that is you're actually connecting to a deeper reason to want to work out. So, you know, instead of the superficial, oh, I should, you know, that, that's pretty superficial of maybe some vanity reasons or whatnot. But when you're connecting to that deeper place, it's actually motivating and purposeful. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's like a, there's almost a feeling of, like the same kind of excitement you get to go home and watch your favorite episode on TV. Like if you can find the same kind of angle, it's like, it's a little bit psychological game with yourself, but if you can get into, into an angle of like, Oh, this is going to be so fun to work out tonight because you know, I'll be able to listen to my favorite podcast while I'm jogging and just let the day go or, you know, as opposed to going, Oh, I'm going to have to do those leg lifts tonight, you know, find something that 
brings pleasure because your unconscious mind, pleasure and repetition. So, and again, I wrote about this in the new book. It, those two qualities are really ways to create successful habits in your body. It's, it's a mindfulness practice, actually, to, to incorporate consistent repetition mixed in with pleasure. So yeah. great question. Yeah, great question. Okay, our yeah, time comes to a close. Yeah, I think you were you were going to talk about the next couple of weeks, Keith. Oh yeah, we were just going to let uh, listeners know that for the next couple of weeks, we're not going to have a show um, on the Monday night just because of travel schedules and whatnot. So we're going to reconvene in a couple of weeks with our next live show. It might give some of you um, timid people a chance to think about a question to call in with, <laughs> but we will be airing a show over the next two weeks um, from the archives. So make sure you tune in every Monday because we definitely have some good inspirational shows for you. And um, it's always great to connect. So that's a little update for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, looking forward to talking to you again, Keith. Thanks, Krista.